This morning, we are looking at John 15, 1 through 17. Uh, You'll find the words on the screen behind me, or if you've got it with you, uh, you can follow along. Uh, The words will be on your screen too. So before we read, let's pray together. Father in heaven, we are grateful. that we're able to gather like this again. To just stop for a bit, to quiet ourselves, and to connect with you uh, in an intentional way. And so as we open your word, uh, oh Lord, we ask that you would speak. We ask that you would help us listen. And we humbly ask that you would do whatever it is you need to do in us to change us and transform us, to to make us new. In Jesus' name, amen. John 15, 1 through 17. This is Jesus talking. I am the true vine. He says, and my father is the gardener. Oh, there's so much in here. He cuts off every branch that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, he says, and I, I will remain in you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. Think of that. Stay connected to me, and I will with you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a person remains in me and I in them, they will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command, which is love each other. I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know what his master's business is. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You didn't choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit 
that will last, then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love each other. We will go that far. <laughs> so if you can't hear online, there's somebody mowing right next door, and it's like, um, So let's just acknowledge it and be okay with it. It's all good. I have a question for you. And it's a question that I'm almost willing to guarantee nobody's asked you before. So something new this morning. Yay. Right? So here's, here's my question, and bear with me, it's going to take some time for me to, to actually get to the, to the question, so there's a lot of explaining to do. So here's the deal. Have you ever been sitting around with a bunch of friends, or maybe your family, and said something like this, hey, I got a great idea. Let's each grab a sleeping bag, and we'll spend a night or two and a couple of days on vacation at the airport. Have you ever asked that question to your friends, family? No? Right? And then, of course, you'll have to explain yourself because, well, everyone else in the room will be like, what? <laughs> Spend vacation at the airport? And you'll say something like this. Yeah, they have these really cool shops there. They call them gift shops. And there you can buy all sorts of really cool things. You can buy books. You can buy magazines. You can get like special little things that you might, might want to use if you do actually get on an airplane and take a trip someday, like those little pillow things that go around your neck. Those are so cool. You can get those things. Plus, they have really good restaurants sometimes at the airport, sometimes fancy ones, but sometimes they also have things like McDonald's and Starbucks there where we can pay three to five times the amount of money we would pay at our normal everyday neighborhood Starbucks and McDonald's. Let's go have vacation at the airport. Doesn't that sound amazing? We can just sleep right there. Have you ever asked that question to your friends or family? No. Of course not. No, dumb. Why would you ever do that? First, it'd be really difficult for you to have access to the gift shops and to the restaurants without actually buying a ticket for an airplane ride somewhere. And second of all, airports are not destination spots, are they? Well, they're just hubs. They're just connection points that will help you get to wherever it is your destination is, the destination to which you are heading. Are you with me? So there's this guy, his name is, is Reggie McNeil, and his, his, this is his idea, not the taking a vacation at the airport thing, but the airport thing in general is, is his idea. He says when churches think of themselves as the destination. And we like to think of ourselves as the destination. We like to collect people here, and we like to have the, the parking lot full, and we have everything happens right here, right? But when, when churches think of themselves as the destination, we are doing it wrong. He says, no, churches are actually the connection places to help people get to where people need to go. Listen to Reggie McNeil in his own words. I really like this. He says, the church is a connector, linking people to the kingdom life that God has for them. Right? Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. He says, the church is just a connector, 
linking people to the kingdom life that God has for them. Substituting church activity as the preferred life expression is as weird as believing that airports are more interesting than the destinations they serve. So good, isn't it? So this isn't the point. And that's risky for someone like me to say. This isn't the point. Churches are just hubs of connection. Connection. Let's think about this idea of connection a little bit more because it relates really closely to what we just read about Jesus, the vine, and the branches in the vine. There's connection there. Let's think about this idea of connection. Connections are essential, right? Connections are, a connection provides the means for an energy transfer. It's a sort of, it's a sort of give and take that makes life possible. If you think about it, connections are everywhere. Like the whole universe, scientists are telling us, is intimately connected. Everything is connected. It's so big and large. And let's start thinking small. Let's, start, let's not start with the universe because that's big. Let's start with something small. Like our electronic device, devices, they need to be connected to an outlet to work, right? Your home phone, if you still have one, has to be connected to a landline in order for it to work. Your cell phone has to be connected to a cell tower and a network provider for it to work. Your computers have to be connected to the internet in order to work. Think about your body, your limbs and your head has to be connected to the body or uh-oh, inside of your body, you have all sorts of different organs. They ultimately have to be connected to your body. Or what will happen? They will just wither away. Vegetation has to be planted in the ground so that it can draw from the soil the nutrients and moisture that it absolutely needs to live and thrive. If you're married or have a significant other, you know what that special love connection is like. There's a special connection between grandparents and grandchildren, parents and children. There's a special connection between aunts and uncles and nieces and nephews and all family. There's a special connection between friends. There's a special connection between pets and their owners and plants and their owners. Admit it, some of you have plants you would describe as you love them. Like you love your plants. That's good. We affirm that. I don't have plants I love. That's fine. But some of you do. Connections, they're absolutely everywhere. A connection provides the means for an energy transfer. It's a kind of give and take that makes life possible. We live in a connected world. We live in a connected universe. Connections are absolutely essential for us to live life. And not just to live life, but to live life well, to experience what Jesus calls abundant life. So here at Renew, we, we talk about an energy transfer here. It is, it is this. We follow Jesus to renew lives that renew the world. There's an energy tra- transfer there. In order for us to do that well, we have to pay attention to three connection points. This is how we talk about it here. Probably don't talk about it enough. But we have to pay attention to three connections. Connecting up with God which is sort of an awkward way to say it because God isn't up, right? It's just an easy way to say it, right? God is all around us, lives inside us. Connections up with God, out in service, and in 
with one another. So we're going to talk a little bit about those this morning. And to do that, we're going to lean into what Jesus is talking about when he's talking about himself as the vine, and you are the branches providing this, this connection, this give and take that makes life really possible, right? So we'll start with connecting with God, right? Look at verses four and five. He says, remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. It says, I am the vine, y'all are the branches. If a person remains in me and I in them, they will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing, which begs a question for me. This is sort of an aside. Like, there are a lot of people who are bearing all kinds of fruit, but don't seem to be connected with Jesus. What do we do with that? Maybe they're more connected with Jesus, with the divine, than, than we're aware of. That's my first thought right there. Apart from me, he says, you can do nothing. This is straight from the mouth of Jesus. He says, stay connected. Remain in me. If we're branches on the Jesus vine, then the only way for us to become productive and to stay productive is by staying connected to the vine. Staying connected to Jesus. The Jesus vine provides the means for the energy transfer that sustains us and gives us life. Jesus is the one who keeps us from being blown away by the winds of things like personal failure. Oh my gosh, does that happen every day or not? Missed opportunities, conflicts in relationships. Jesus is the one who supports us when the uncontrollable seems to take control of our lives. Things like job losses or illnesses or accidents or disease, addictions, broken relationships, broken promises. That list goes on and on. This imagery of the vine and the branches is so deep and so rich. So staying connected to the vine produces healthy, growing followers of Jesus who bear fruit. Jesus says, if you don't remain in me, if you don't stay connected to the source that gives you life, that sustains life, Jesus says, apart from me, you can do what? You can do what? Apart from me, you can do nothing? That's a bold statement, Jesus. That is a bold statement. So connecting up, with God, the divine, is surrendering our lives and this community to the one who made us. It's letting go of, it's letting go as people and as a community of that not so subtle urge to control our own destiny and to call our own shots. This is the idea this idea is communicated in Scripture a thousand different ways. It's all over the place if we're just paying attention. Right? It's becoming weak so that God can become strong in us and through us. It's becoming last to become first. It's losing our lives in order to save our lives. Staying connected to the divine 
is what we do every time we surrender ourselves to the struggle that is understanding this word that God has given us. Staying connected, staying connected with God is, is what we do every time we surrender to God in prayer. Staying connected to God is what we do every time we gather together in our pods, our small groups. Staying connected to God is what we do every time we surrender to God when we gather, to hear, when we gather together here or online in worship. Right? If we're going to have any success at all in, in, in following Jesus to renew lives that renew the world, we better pay attention to that connection with the divine because without it, we can do nothing. How's that connection going for you? How connected are you? When's the last time you asked God to prune something? from you, which doesn't feel good. It's uncomfortable and it hurts. You're likely to know what those things are that need to be pruned. How's your connection with the divine? Is there anything you can do? Maybe you should talk about it as a family. Maybe you should talk about it as a small group, as some friends with your spouse. How is your connection with the divine? What can you do to reconnect? How can we help you? Connecting up with God. That's the first connection. Here's the second one. Connecting out in service. And to do this, we're going to step away from the I am the vine passage that Jesus gives us. And we're going to look at some words that Paul, because these words, if you think about them, are so astounding and ought to open us wide open, by the way. So these are some words that he wrote uh, to a church in Corinth. This is from 1 Corinthians chapter 9. You'll find those words, these words here. He says this, Though I am free and belong to no one, I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. And what I want to do at this point is say to Paul, I don't know if I like that language all that much. I don't want to win people. Like that sounds... I don't know what that sounds like. It makes me uncomfortable. But the idea is there, right? The idea is so that he can connect people to the vine. So that he can connect people with the divine, right? So he says, though I belong to no one, I become a slave to everyone so that I might win as many as possible. He says, to the Jews, I became like a Jew, to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I become like those having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law. So there's the law I'm under. And what is Christ's law? What is his one command again? Love each other. Anyway, different conversation. So as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I have become weak. To win the weak. I have become all things to all people so that by all means possible, I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I might share in its blessings. Talk about a guy who sounds absolutely, astonishingly relentless at connecting to the people around him. I have become all things to 
all people so that by every means, all means possible, I might save some. Right? Paul is essentially saying, if I'm going to be who I'm supposed to be, if I'm going to introduce people to the creator of the universe, if I'm going to point people to what God is up to in the world, if, if I'm going to do my part at being the presence of Jesus in the world, then I will do literally whatever I have to do to connect with people. Whatever. So good. So, after four years, we finally upgraded our cell phones. And uh, with our old cell phone, we had this thing that you plug into the wall, and you can, there's a cord that attaches to your, to your phone that charges your phone. Pretty important to have something that charges your phone, right? Um, so it's this cord that attaches. It's a USB connection down here, and you can plug it into the wall, and it works really slick. Well, our, our network provider, uh, this isn't going to be an advertisement for any kind of phone or network provider. So think generic, although some of you will know exactly what I'm talking about. So anyway, so we had this, our old phones and these old wires and this old thing that plugs into the wall adapter, and we got our new phones, and we're all excited about our new phones, and it, it came with a new cord and no adapter, and it doesn't work with the old adapter, and it's so frustrating because you just want to plug it in, but you can't plug it into the adapter because it doesn't fit anymore, and I just spent three and a half million dollars on a new cell phone. You'd think they'd be able to give me a new adapter that works with my phone, but no, they don't. Now I have to order it or go to Best Buy and get a new adapter when the old adapter would work just fine. But they don't do that. And then we have all kinds of other devices in our house, right? And they all have a different cord, and they all take a different adapter, and you got a million things plugged into all kinds of outlets throughout your house. Anybody else have a thing like this? Yeah, we have all these things that we plug in all over our houses, and they all take different adapters and different cords. You know what we need? And someone's probably already invented it, and you can probably go to Amazon.com right now and order it right? But what we need is like this one thing that you can plug into the wall in this one spot, and you can like plug all sorts of different things in there that fit all different sorts of cords so that everything can be plugged in and, and, and charged at the same spot. Because if you can't plug it in, there's no power, there's no connection, there's no energy transfer, you can't use this, the thing, right? Here's the deal, Renew Community. That's what we're called to be. We're called to be like that adapter. Maybe it's this big. Maybe it's small. Maybe I'm thinking too large. We're called to become that adapter that connects people to the divine. We're called to be, we're made to be, created to be a kind of conduit for the power of God that connects the power of God to the world, right? That means we have to adapt. That means we have to change. That means we have to morph. That means we have to do all things possible so that by whatever means possible, we can connect people with the divine. 
And the very best way to do this is by showing up in the world and serving. It's why we do these things like collect for the bridge home. Hear names. It's why we went to them and we said, hey, what are the things that you need the most? So now we have a connection. And they've given us information. And now there's a, there's a means by which energy can transfer so that there can be new life in another place. That's why we do things like this. And the out team is getting really excited about planning a bunch of other stuff for the rest of this year. It's looking out at the world and finding organizations like the Bridge Home in the community, asking, what is the need? And then just meeting it, just meeting that need. It means maybe even partnering with other churches, whether they're liberal or conservative or moderate or somewhere in between and saying, it doesn't matter to us, we're all connected to the vine. Right? We may look different, but we're all part of the same team. Because no connection, no power. No connection, there's no energy transfer. No connection, there's no give and take that makes life possible. Right? It's that simple. So like Paul, we have to be willing to do whatever it takes to connect with the world. So that energy transfer can be there. Are you with me? That's what we're here for. That's what every church is here for, to connect with the world. Here's the third one. We connect people in with one another. So here we go, back to the I am the vine passage, right, from John. And notice how Jesus seems to go. He's probably actually always talking about communal realities, but he seems to go from talking about the individual. That's how we read it. It's how we understand it. But he immediately moves from that in our perception to the communal. Like he doesn't waste time at all. It's pretty easy to see. I am the vine. You are the branches, he says. If a person remains in me and I in them, they'll bear much fruit. And then we jump to verse 12. My command is this, communal, love each other. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Love each other. It's almost as if Jesus is saying something like this. If you want to stay connected to me and you want to bear much fruit, you have almost no shot at doing it all by yourself. You have almost no shot of doing it all on your own. You better be connected to the community of people that's trying its best to follow me. Love each other. Love each other. You can't go it alone. God, God gave the people of Israel ten commandments on Mount Sinai. And then the people after that, you know, I added to that 613 official ones after that. And Jesus is like, yeah, I got one, love. Love. That's what it boils down to, love. You know, in a vineyard, apparently new branches uh, tend to grow more closely to the ground, 
right? And down there, it's hard for them to bear fruit because they get all covered in dirt and dust and grime, and they don't get enough light in order to, to bear any fruit. But those branches are too valuable for the gardener or the owner of the vineyard to just cut off and be like, get rid of those. They're too valuable. So the, the gardener will do a couple of things, either tie them to a trellis so that they are up there, or get this, the gardener will take those vines and intertwine them among the vines that are healthy and fruit-bearing already so that the healthy fruit-bearing vines will give support to the vines that are closer to the ground in order for them to get what they need to bear fruit. And they're resting on the power of the other vines. Guess what happens to those new vines that were formerly not fruit-bearing? They will bear much fruit resting on the other vines. We connect people in with each other. So at Renew, you know, we're trying not to complicate things. Try to make it as simple as we can. That doesn't mean it's not awesome or powerful or impactful. But we try to keep it simple. We're just trying our best to follow Jesus to renew lives that renew the world. Jesus came into this world so that we might have a direct connection with the divine. Jesus came into this world so that we might know exactly what God looks like. Jesus came into this world to show us the very best way to be a human being. Shows us really what it means to be human. Jesus came into this world to show us how to have deep, abiding, authentic relationships in with one another. Jesus came into this world to show us exactly what it means to have deep, abiding, authentic, life-giving relationships with those in this world that everybody else has sort of pushed aside, the people who need God's love the most. And he pursued those things so relentlessly with so much oomph and with so much energy that it got him killed. He showed so much love. He showed so much grace. He showed so much mercy that the powers that be, the world looked at him and said, ooh, that's dangerous. Because that much love, that much grace, that much mercy has the power to revolutionize things, has the power to change things, which means we might have to change, we have to get rid of it. So they killed him. And Jesus said, greater love is no one than this. That he laid down his life for his friends. That's the kind of love we're talking about. The only question is, will we follow or not? Will we invite others to come along with us or not? Let's pray.